0: Jesus' name, amen, if you could, amen, remove out of your mind, amen, who is behind this pulpit, some of you, many of you know me, some of you don't know me, some of you, you may have just saw me tonight for the very first time, amen, if we could remove anything, amen, hallelujah, I don't know, amen, but just let our minds be clear, amen, as the word of God comes forth, uh, amen, because I know the Lord has a word for tonight, amen amen this the society we live in has become desensitized perplexed. Amen. The the fields of theology often, amen, will talk, uh, well, let me get to the moment here, amen. We'll often talk about, well, I'll get there right now. We'll often talk about the coming of the Lord. When will that be? Amen. I remember, Brother Buford, that uh, in second grade and Miss Mender's class in 1988, amen. We, young people, we called her Killer Mender, amen. Uh, She was a rough teacher. Amen. I was in her class in second grade, and I remember in 1988. I believe that was the exact year. There was a book that was written. Amen. I remember as a child. I think his last name could have been Brown, but it was a book nonetheless that 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 pinpointed the day that the rapture would take place. And I remember the teacher. Amen. And I think it's 88. I might be off a year, but it's around that time. Amen. That that time where they pinpointed and everyone was awaiting the coming of the Lord that day and I I just think sometimes because people try to figure out and try to uh, gauge uh, when God is going to come back that we hear about it and we talk about it but it's easy to become desensitized because so and so is wrong. I want to say that prophecy is not a crossword puzzle, friend. It's not God's will that we have the CIA looking and investigating who this will be and who is that and how does that line up Uh, it's okay to study end time prophecy uh, but I want to say in the Holy Ghost uh, that Jesus is still coming back uh, and he has not come back yet uh, and the rapture is going to take place uh, and you can rest assured that just as much in the day of Paul when they thought it was their generation uh, that Christ was going to come back uh, and every generation from the time of Jesus thought it was their generation and here we are in April 2018 is it okay if I still preach that Jesus is gonna come back for a spotless bride he's looking for a church that is awaiting the coming of the Lord amen he's coming back church amen and let me just clear up very quickly Jesus is coming back and that matters. In my scriptures it says, So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. This world that we live in is messed up. Amen. We have societies and and universities. Uh, I had a teacher in a graduate level counseling class uh, teaching human development that had nothing to do with religion. And myself and Mitchell Bland and Jim Crawford sat in the class and the man was a PhD counselor, very studied and I do have respect for him, but he spent two classes trying to convince the class that there was a such thing as a stairway to heaven and he took Buddhism and I, and I don't slam religions today but he took the Muslim faith he took the Hindu faith and he drew a stairway and what he said is that all these faiths point to the same God and he kept telling the class that trying to indoctrinate some graduate students but I'm glad that I have the Holy Ghost all due respect to Buddhism but he died amen and he is gone all due respect to come on somebody all due respect to Confucius amen he may have had some good things to say but he is not God he is not the way all due respect to Mr. Muhammad but he was not God he died in the ground amen all due respect to every religion, it is not a stairway to heaven. The only thing in person that you'll find on this earth in history that ever said that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, is Jesus Christ. He's the way, He's the truth, He's the life, amen. He is the truth. Confucius said keep searching for truth. Buddha said, keep trying to get enlightened. Amen. But Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the truth. Who I feel the Holy Ghost today. Isaiah 9 and 6 and Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government that means the world will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, and the Everlasting Father. And in the New Testament, he came to us in a manger, amen, to bring salvation and save the lost from, Their sins, and his name is Jesus. With all due respect to my professor back in 2003, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his blood. The Bible says he purchased the church with his own blood. The book of Acts says, none other. Look, if I preach tonight. I want to preach to you tonight in the Holy Ghost. None of the name given under heaven whereby we must be saved, and that name is Jesus. Aren't you glad for the power, the experience of salvation through Jesus Christ? Woo, I'm so glad for that experience. He is the way to heaven, it's through Jesus, it's through His blood, His death, His burial and His resurrection power. No one else in the history of mankind would ever assert of any religious movement that they, on the third day, rose themselves from the dead. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Confucius, and whoever else you want to think of, amen. But Jesus, on the third day, the atheists and the scholars say, we don't know what happened. On the third day, he disappeared. We know that he rose himself from the dead, amen. Came back for 40 days and 40 nights, amen, to show and to teach, amen, the soon coming kingdom that was being set up. Not other than Jesus. Amen. Isn't he wonderful, church? Amen. He's so wonderful. And that name, it still means something. There is still power in that name. That song was sung the night. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. I don't know what need that you have, but through the power of Jesus, you can leave here completely delivered. Of the need that you have. Amen. Praise God my Aunt Mary. My great aunt. Some of you know her. She attended Brother Waltney's church. The late Bishop Waltney. Years and years and years. Matter of fact. She was there from day one. Because I I talked to her about that. She was there in that church from day one. And she taught Sunday school for. 30 or 40 years, maybe even longer. She just passed away last Thursday. She's from the back hills of Troy, those Indian names, Hawk Point, back in the Silex, and I'm a fourth with a harpoon nose, and I'm a fourth generation Pentecostal because of the Luckett family that comes from those back hills behind Troy that saw great revival. Amen. In the days of Brother Gwen and Brother Harpo in Troy. Amen. And she moved to St. Charles and was married and she was in Waltney's church. And some of you that were there know her very well and we'll be celebrating her. Amen. Going away, going home service this Wednesday. And I'll be taking part in the burial service because she asked me to, and I'm very privileged to, amen, take part in a soldier for Christ, a, a man, a person that served God for so many years uh, consistently. Amen. Praise God. I'm looking forward to that burial service because that's only going to be a temporary place where she's laying down in the ground. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise. Amen. We become desensitized to, amen, the rapture. There's different folk that say the rapture already took place, amen. Let me say today, I am not an in-time apocalyptic, amen, uh, scholar. And I thank God for the ones that we do have in our movement, amen. But wouldn't you think if the rapture took place the, over a 1,000 or 2,000 years ago, whenever they say it did, that uh, there would be some evidence, uh, some circumstantial evidence uh, that would show that there was a great uh, a way of people going up to be with Jesus you wouldn't you find writers that talk about that amen so we get desensitized I think many times And to amen they say this and they say God's going to come back any day and there's some preachers and I don't slam the preachers Then we preach I preach that too there's a work to be done I believe that there's revival to be had but no man knows the day nor the hour Amen, there's a work to be done and I don't want to get so comfortable, church, in saying, well, the rapture's not going to happen for a thousand more years amen and it might be in a thousand more years but friend just as much as it might be in a thousand years it could be this very night don't let yourself be low to sleep don't become desensitized Jesus is going to come back the bridegroom is coming the bridegroom is coming the bridegroom is coming back he's waiting he's watching the church keep worshiping You keep praising, keep doing a work for the Lord because one of these days that sky is gonna split open and that trumpet's gonna sound. I heard the pastor preach it when I was a kid but it's going to happen and we need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. I don't want to get comfortable saying it might be in a thousand years. I want to be prepared to the sorrows to say, God, whenever you come back, I am waiting and I am ready to see you. No man knows the day or the hour. And beware of those that say it'll be a certain date. Amen. Because only God knows when he's going to come back. Clap your hands to him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Bible says in my in my text, and I'm going somewhere with this matches. I promise you that. Amen. The days of Noah, the flood came. Amen. We have people in these days and this day and age that mock the rapture. There's so many philosophies and ideas. If the word rapture, amen, is foreign to many. And we think we gotta figure it out so much that we can become comfortable. Not you, I'm just saying in the general that it might be in a thousand years. Amen, friend. Be ready. Amen. Be ready. Because when he comes back, the dead in Christ are gonna rise up. Aunt Mary Deal, amen, is gonna find her place in a place called herself in a place called heaven. Amen. There is a place called heaven. We sing about heaven. We shout about heaven. Amen, when I was growing up in Bible college Brother Robin Johnston said that The writers of that time Were used by God to give their vision And give their understanding Of a place called heaven But they were limited Because they had finite human brains That could not really comprehend God So the best of their ability They wrote in the word of God Walls of Jasper Streets of gold And all these beautiful adjectives and verbs that describes this place called heaven but even as beautiful as it might be in the word of God can I say today that I think heaven's even greater than what the word says it's a place prepared for you it's a place prepared for me if you have your calling and election sure if you have the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus in your life like the book Look Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. You're gonna make heaven your home. And I can't wait to get there. Anybody get homesick sometimes? We get these politicians. Amen. We gotta pray for our country. We gotta pray for every leader. We gotta pray for the mayor of St. Charles and Wolf Allen and Louisiana and the governor. And the we should pray for our leaders. Amen this world gets so twisted, amen, amen, it's not getting better, it's getting worse. Amen. We've got soldiers that come over from Afghanistan and these wars with PTSD. We've got people with depression that's so powerful. Now they call it, they have treatment for treatment-resistant depression. And they're looking for all these treatments and all these alternatives. And there's anxiety and there's cancer and there's high blood pressure and there's diabetes. And there's all these afflictions because of sin and the disease of sin that took place back in the days of Adam and Eve that sin is getting more rampant and things are getting worse. But is it okay to say that Sister Mary Dia she had a blood clotting disorder that was a big part of what took her life at the age of 87 years old. But I'm going to preach to you old fashioned. Amen. There's a place in heaven. Amen. Where there's going to be no more depression. Where there's going to be no more schizophrenia. Where there's going to be no more addiction. Where there's going to be no more cancer. Where there's going to be no more diabetes. Where there's going to be no more affliction. Why? Because in heaven there will be no more sin. And the only cure to sin is Jesus Christ and his soul saving power. Woo! Clap your hands to him right now. I feel the Holy Ghost Amen, Amen, Amen Soul saving power that's in Jesus Christ Amen, Brother Tim could you help me out tonight Amen, this is redemption time from when I was 16 years old Could you grab my wife and get my handkerchief for me brother I left it in my SUV You know what happened, I got so excited to see all you people here I see friends and I see family I got overstimulated man I forgot my phone. I forgot my handkerchief. I felt discombobulated. I was like, oh, because I'm so happy to see everybody. Amen. And I just wanted to prove one more time that I'm a human being, in case you weren't for sure, that I am fallible and that I am human. And that I sweat and need my handkerchief. Amen. But on a, come on, that's okay. But on a serious note, aren't you glad? Amen, that God is a a healer. I believe in a, a God of faith. I believe that there's depression that a person can step out in faith and they can worship and God can do more than a counselor can do in 20 sessions just in one touch. God can do more than a preacher can do in 45 minutes of preaching just in one touch. Amen. And there are those that get healed and there are those that don't get healed. That's true. 75% of Christ's ministry, people were healed spontaneously. But then you find other people, healing is a process. And if you're praying for a healing and you haven't got healed yet, let me say, keep praying, keep worshiping, keep believing for... Thank you, brother. Amen. Prank free. Thank you, brother. Thank you. He'll <laughs> tell you the reason why that happened. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But depression and these things that, that come our way Amen Looking for a remedy, looking for an answer Amen People, some get healed, some do not get healed Does that mean that God is any less great? That just means that God works in his own time and the God that you serve and the God that I serve, he works behind the scenes. And just because you've been praying and you haven't seen that need met does not mean that God isn't working behind the scenes, amen, to advocate for the need that you have. So keep praying for healing. But is it okay to say, if you don't get your healing on earth, That when that trumpet sounds, when that dead in Christ shall rise, you're going to be completely healed. No more mental illness. No more physical problems. No more pain. No more sin. Come on, somebody. There is coming a day when we're going to see Jesus. When we're going to dance with our loved ones that has gone to be with the Lord already. We're going to dance with Sister Mary Deal and you're going to dance with your loved ones that fought the fight. That made it to heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven. It's a place prepared for you and a place prepared for me. There's mansions waiting in heaven for you and for me and I can't wait. Amen. Let me say again. The bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. Amen. You can plan. This is not even a scripture, Brother Guy Rome. I heard said this saying to his church when he pastored. Amen. He said, "You can plan as though God's not going to come back for a hundred years, and we should plan and we should have goals and we should have trainings and careers and live for God and do ministry. We should do all those things." Amen. But we should live our life as though God is going to come back any moment. Young people, God's going to come back any moment. There's coming a day where the rapture's going to take place and the sky's going to split open. Keep looking. Keep your eyes on the Lord. It's going to happen. Amen. Praise God. But you see Noah. Amen. He had a promise in the Old Testament build an ark right I have a point I want to make tonight he was told to build that ark and for many decades and many years he built the ark and it was dry and he was laughed at and he was mocked amen that people probably thought is there gonna be a rain what's he talking about amen kind of like today rapture Jesus gonna come back what are y'all talking about people just, humanism is taking over. Come on somebody, Eastern philosophy and philosophies and humanism and people think that they can solve their own problem and heal their own body and it's all about people all the time. No friend, it's all about Jesus. It's always been all about Him. It's not about me. I can't solve addiction. I can't solve depression. I can't solve problems. But I know the one that can. Hey man, I know you do too. and His name is Jesus, but there's some that mock, there's some that laughed at Noah. Noah kept building. He kept following God's plan. Oh, and there might have been six to eight, eight amen, that God saved. But that six to eight in Noah's family, I don't know the exact number, how many it was. Thank God that his family was saved. Noah was worth saving, amen. His family was worth saving today. He took animals on the ark, Amen. We're not worried about number. Come on, somebody. We're not worried about number. God will take care of the number. Amen. I'd rather have 20 people in my church uh, full of the Holy Ghost uh, looking for the rapture, praying, and being faithful than 400 folks that don't believe in Jesus. This is not a social club. This is not just a place to go. This is where we magnify the Lord. This is where we go and worship and wait on His coming keep looking, keep praying, keep awaiting the Lord. But in the days of Noah, they were eating, they were drinking, they were merry. They may have heard the warnings, but they thought it was a joke. And the Bible says, and then the flood came and took them all away. And so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You can't save your neighbor. You can't save somebody. You can't heal somebody. But you and I are responsible for ourselves. We, sh- we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We should pray for the lost. But make sure your calling and election is sure. Make sure that you're watching church so that you can make heaven your home. Amen. The naysayers can mock and they can laugh, but the Bible says, then the flood came. And So shall it be when Jesus comes back. Everybody that had a chance, I know it's quiet, everyone that had a chance to serve Him. Everyone that had a chance, amen, to worship and to find salvation. I'm preaching about embracing grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God is a God of grace. Every single person that would have got on that boat, God would have saved them. But you see, God's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on anyone. Amen. And he can't stop the naysayers from mocking. He gives man free will. But there's consequences of free will. And Many people on this earth except Noah's family found the consequence that when the man of God spoke, amen, God backed up his promise. Let me say in the Holy Ghost, when the man of God speaks from the word of God, it's going to happen and it's going to come to pass. Amen. But these people, they were desensitized to Noah's voice. And there's people today that are desensitized. The witnesses and the church, and there's all this humanism trying to take over this world. Amen. But I want to say today, everybody on this earth has hope. Everybody on earth has hope. Nobody is hopeless. Amen. But some people, we all do, we have a choice. To embrace grace and reach out for the hope that is there. Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. If an atheist walked in the church and they reached out to God, Jesus would touch that atheist and he could save that atheist. But they have to embrace the hope that's available in Christ Jesus. Everybody has hope. We have to embrace that hope. We have to embrace that grace. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you've got to reach out for Jesus. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to find an altar and get salvation and live for the Lord. We have to do our part. He's done his part. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. There's the day of Pentecost. We've got a great, amen, salvation message. He did his part. And he's waiting for people in the world to do their part. Isn't it wonderful that if you taste and see that the Lord our God is good, that you can experience it. Uh, And anybody, I don't care if they're possessed, uh, they can walk in and be delivered. I don't care if they need healing, they can leave here healed. I don't care how long they didn't believe, amen. They can get the Holy Ghost if they repent and reach out for the Lord. He'll meet them where they're at. And he'll touch them. Amen. But God is a gentleman. He's not, he can't make anyone repent. He can't make anyone come right to. He's not, he can, but he doesn't choose to because of will. Amen. But whosoever will. Amen. Whosoever is hungry for the Lord. The Bible says they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled Amen. I know we live in a day that seems like it's getting darker. And I know that we live in a day, amen, where there's more false doctrines. But I want to say in the Holy Ghost, if anybody reaches out for the Lord, I don't care how long you've been praying, if you keep reaching out and you embrace the hope that's in Jesus, he'll be all that you need. He'll be your friend. He'll be your peace. He'll your healer he'll be your comforter he'll be the way he'll be the light he'll be your great physician he'll be your rose of Sharon he'll be the wheel in the middle of the wheel he'll be the line of the tribe of Judah he'll be the one that was there for Adam in the cool of the day displaying grace and Adam found grace amen when God was there in the garden saying where are you at Adam? God's all about grace. Amen. He, Noah found grace. And we still live in a period of grace today. Amen. Isn't God good, church? But I think the crux of my message is this. People get so comfortable praying for a need and suffering for so long. That sometimes they can feel like that need will never get met. Tonight I want to give you an illustration that will hit this home, I believe, to all of you today. It had been a hard winter in the Rockies. The snow piled deeper and deeper and the temperature dropped below zero and stayed there. The river froze over. People were suffering the reed. Cross used helicopter. The Red Cross used helicopters to fly in supplies. And after a long, hard day, as they were returning to their base, the rescue team in a helicopter saw a cabin nearly submerged in the snow. A thin wisp of smoke came from the chimney. The men figured that those people in that cabin were probably critically short of food, fuel, and medicine. Because of the trees they had to set down about a mile from the cabin, they put their heavy emergency equipment on their backs. Now listen to this. they trudged through the waste deep snow, and they reached the cabin, exhausted, panting, perspiring, just like this preachers perspiring right now. Amen, thank God I'm an American Red Cross uh, rescuer. I wouldn't have made it. Amen. They pounded on the door and a thin, gaunt mountain woman finally answered the door. The lead man panted and said, Ma'am, we're from the Red Cross. She was silent for a moment uh, and then she said, It's been a hard, long winter, sonny. I just don't think we can give anything to the Red Cross uh, this year. Have a nice day. We'll see you next time. Here the preacher tonight the cabin was submerged in snow the cabin the woman didn't have very much food could have was on the brink of passing away probably had her resources that dwindled away and she didn't have much more hope she didn't have many more resources but the winter was a long winter And the winter was so long that when she desired for the rescuer to come and all the days that she looked out the window looking for the rescuer, looking for the American Red Cross, looking for someone to make their way through the snow, to knock on the door to rescue her. But day after day she looked and there was no one there at the door. I wonder how many times in life, when people have affliction and when people suffer, and when people are waiting for God to deliver them, they have been looking, they have been waiting. But because God didn't come, when they felt that he should come, amen, they stop praying, and they stop hungering, because they get so used to the circumstance, to the condition. They get so used to the depression that they could not imagine a life without the depression. They get so used to having a problem that they couldn't imagine what would life be like if they were healed and delivered. So many years go by and they're in the same place and they stop knocking and they stop asking and they lose their hope. Hallelujah. There's people that get so comfortable in their circumstance that they stop looking for the rescuer. And this woman that day was so comfortable in her circumstance. She did not believe that she was going to get rescued. And when the rescuer came knocking, she didn't even realize that he was at their door. How many times do people have a need, and all they have to do is call on the name? How many times do people bang their head against the wall trying to solve the problem, trying to figure out life when the Lord is saying, cast your cares on me, amen. Cast your problems on me. I'll take the need. I'll solve your problem. Just call on the name. He's as close as the mention of his name. And he is the rescuer and he is the healer. Don't give up in your circumstance. Don't give up in your situation that woman gave up and when people give up they don't embrace the hope that is before them amen praying for God to promote you in ministry praying for a healing praying for the holy come on somebody I don't know what people are praying for but I don't want to ever get so involved in my circumstance that I stop looking for the rescuer Whoa, come on, hear me today. I don't ever want to get so desensitized that Jesus is gonna come back that I stop looking for his coming. We live in a day with cell phones and phones. I got people that come to me for counseling. Amen, there's cell phones causing marital problems in marriages because folks are on their phone the whole night and they stop communicating. And kids are playing video games for 15, 20 hours. Give them themselves ADD. There's no longer communication in the family. We have all these distractions. Come on, somebody. We have all these distractions. And the devil is wanting to lull people to sleep. He wants, hear me today, he wants to distract the church. He wants the church to stop looking for the arrival of Jesus. He wants the church to get their eyes on each other, to get their eyes on their circumstance, to get their eyes on their problem. And he wants to distract. And he wants people to stop looking for the hope that is right before them. And the devil's fighting hard. And we have more distractions today than ever before. But I don't know about you. I'm not going to let anything get in my way uh, of reaching out for Jesus. uh, When I need something from Him, Um, I'm going to fight the devil. Um, I'll fight every circumstance. Uh, I'm going to reach out uh, and I'm going to embrace Jesus. uh, And I'm going to look for His coming uh, and I'm going to keep praying. Because the Lord wants us to get our eyes off our problems, each other. And to get our eyes on Him. How many people backslide because their eyes are on each other? How many people lose their salvation because their eyes are on problems? Instead of looking at the God of the problem. Your problem's bigger than you. And it's bigger than me. But it's not bigger than the God that I serve. And Jesus is waiting for people to reach out and embrace Him while He can still be found. Amen, the devil wants to distract. He wants to get us out of the will of God. He wants to cause dissension. And he wants to cause problems, amen. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we keep looking toward him, he can lead you through any problem. Oh, Brother Brazella, you're saying the heroin epidemic is the greatest problem they've ever had right now and it's getting worse in this country. I can say in the Holy Ghost, addiction's bigger than me and you and sin is bigger than me and you, but it's not bigger than my God. He can break the chains of addiction. He can set the captive free. He can heal the sick and He can save the lost. Do you still believe the church? Let's all stand tonight. Hallelujah.